Welcome to the Ballhead Chronicles, a podcast dedicated to becoming friends with fear and kicking it with anxiety. I'm your host, the Follicle Whisperer. Here, we enjoy the process of watching ripples become waves as we make major changes in our lives with just small steps every day. If you're ready to make that change, jump in with us. This is the space where I will put a theme song, but I don't have no theme song and you're singing along. So this is a theme song for the bar-headed chronicles. And if you don't like it, we don't even care. All right, man, come on. Let's start the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Bald Hair Chronicles. I'm your host, the Follicle Whisperer. Today, I have a guest. I'm really excited. If you follow the blog, you may have read about my friend, Shelly. Shelly is my DJ on the Yoga Lady Tour. <laughs> you can find Shelly D out there turning them tables. Um, and I want to introduce invite her into the bald-headed community and let her tell a little bit about herself. Shelly! Hello, how are you today? Ah, so what you trying to find out today? What's going okay. on? Okay, so I'm not trying to find anything out. I really just want to welcome you and let the community know who you are. What do you do? Where? Who are you? Well, I am, my government name is Michelle, but I go by the name of Shelly. And thankfully, I am learning how to take better care of myself through yoga. I became a certified 200-hour yoga teacher last year, thanks to Yoga Pro Sis. Um, thank you so much for your encouragement along the way. I'm also a certified Zumba instructor. Which I enjoy doing that so much. So those are two tools that help me through this whole pandemic panorama, whatever you want to call it, that's going on right now. I'm also a mother of two children, my superhero son and my Pocahontas daughter and my hubby who support me through the ups and downs, the highs and the lows. And I am just so glad to be on this platform today. I'm also an aspiring author. The book should be out next month as well. Wanted to add that also. You are an author because uh, you already wrote the manuscript. So you are an author and you need to be putting in your plug for pre-sales. What's the name of the book? The name of the book is... You ready for it? I'm ready. ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. It is Caterpillar Dreams to Butterfly Visions. Mm. This is an inspirational workbook. And I know that you will truly enjoy it. It will inspire you to become the most successful individual that you are striving to become. So what inspired you to write this book? What inspired me to write this book is I have a love for butterflies. And if you know anything about butterflies, they go through a transformation process and it's usually like four steps. So the book is divided into four sections and each section represents the process that a butterfly goes through. 
And the lessons that I share are teachable moments. And hopefully you can use those moments to help you grow as well. Each section also has an affirmation and um, just a, a little bit of something to help you, you know, stay grounded. And um, there's also action steps for you to follow as well. I, I'm, I'm really excited. You don't know, because I've been working on this project for over five years. I will pick up the pen and put it down and pick up the pen and put it down. And the main thing that stopped me was fear. I had this fear of not feeling that my work was good enough, fear that people wouldn't buy it or purchase it. And um, I just procrastinated, you know, so between fear and procrastination, it just took me a long time to get here, but eventually I got here. And I'm, I'm so happy that you are here. Thank you for being here. And thank you for pushing past fear and saying, you know what? I'm going to share my story. I'm going to write my book. I'm going to pick this pen up and keep going. So let's give you a round of applause. I'm really, really excited to have you here. And I want to talk more about your book because it resonates with me. Um, I do know something about butterflies. My mom loves butterflies and I'm aware of the process that they go through in their transformation. Um, I want to like, I want to ask what, what made you, what got you into your love of butterflies? Well, I always struggled with self-image, mm -hmm. especially when I was younger. Um, I was teased because of my complexion called blacky, darky. I didn't think that I was pretty. And then throughout the years, I just loved how the butterfly, you know, it transforms, and becomes something beautiful and vibrant and it takes flight. So throughout the course of life, I met many wonderful people who kind of pushed me along the way. And though my mom and my aunt and my grandmothers, they build a foundation for me because they knew that my future would be great, but I wasn't ready. I didn't recognize the greatness inside of me. But then once I start, you know, learning about butterflies and its beauties and the, and even though the process they may call ugly, but it's really a beautiful process. But when you go through these ugly or uh, uncomfortable phases in your life, you'll realize like, I've been beautiful all the time. Like girl, what's wrong with you? You is like beautiful, you are pretty. Like what is wrong with you? So I had to realize that. And once I realized that I kind of associated, you know, my growth and my transformation with the transformation of a butterfly. And now I'm ready to take flight. And I have been flying ever since. And I want, others to join me during this process as well. So if you're struggling, you know, might have some issues with self-image or self-doubt or fears, you can work through that process and become a beautiful butterfly that's ready to take flight. I love, I love that, Shelly. Thank you so much. And as I listen to you um, talk about the transformation process I'm, process, I'm looking at your hair and I used to have locks mm -hmm. and on this podcast I like talk about my hair in and out I remember in the beginning stages where I didn't feel so confident because my hair was soft and it didn't lock right away so in your beginning process did you have that ugly stage 
And if so, how did you deal with it? Woo, child, let me tell you. Oh, I didn't like them at first because I was ready to cut them off like that first, second week. I was like, what are you doing? This is not, mm-mm, girl, stop, don't do this. Because first of all, I was going to get sister lines, but they cost $1 million to get in, okay? I love, you know... I, you know, I love sister lives. I love everybody that goes through the whole process. But um, first of all, it wasn't really affordable for me when I looked up the maintenance and it didn't kind of worked out when I, you know, was going to start that process. And I even had a little patch in my head where I was going to start, but it did work out. So one day I decided, okay, you can do this yourself. So I just like Netflixed um, one weekend and just watched movies and I started that Friday and I finished Sunday some parts were like going straight some parts were going upside down all around but I started the process myself and I think the problem was I was comparing my lock journey with other people journey instead of just being comfortable you know like my locks weren't meant to look like everybody else my pattern wasn't designed to look like someone else's locks so it took me several months to really get comfortable and I still have my moments, but I am more comfortable in it. Um, and I've just learned to embrace it. it has been one of the best decisions that I have made in my life. And, um, but it, again, it was again that I felt that ugly process. And I don't want to say it's ugly because it was, it's a beautiful process. I just had to learn how to embrace it. And once I learned how to embrace the different transformation that my, you know, the shrinkage and everything, then I really learned to love my locks. Mm, I love that. Okay. (laughs) We're going to take a break here. And when we come back, we're going to ask Shelly a couple more questions. I met Shelly during our um, yoga teacher training. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. So stay tuned. If you come back, make sure you grab a snack um, and we'll be back. And we are back. Shelly. Hello. Okay, thank you again for being here. So where we left off, we were talking about the transformation um, of your locks and how it took you several months to get adjusted to being this person with this new hairstyle. And how did you feel about like inside? As far as the locks or the process or? No, like how did you feel? Because I know you said you like, uh-uh, this ain't me. This is the same me. Like, <laughs> did you look at yourself and go, really? Why did you think this was a good idea? Like, in those days, what did you do when you was like, you, you in this process, you've been in it three, three months and you didn't got some buds, like you got the little buds going, Ooh, but you need a retwist Ooh. and you look like somebody's nappy hair son. Those days, mm. how did, how did you love yourself through it? So at first there was this uncertainty, like, you know, did you really make the right decision? Because we align our beauty with how society tells us we supposed to look, you know, like sometimes straight hair and I'm not knocking anybody, you know, whatever you decide or however you decide to wear your hair, I love it regardless. 
but I was so used to, you know, having my hair, you know, either straightened out or I would perm ride it, but just getting used to looking at my locks and just like, like you said, the budding process and I had different styles going on. Cause again, I was going to get sister locks and I was told if I cut my hair, then the price would be a little bit cheaper. So I, you know me, I like to save money. So I was, I cut my own hair. So my hair was like five different lengths. I had like you think I had different lengths now? I had like this was short and this was this length and this. So not only was I trying to go through this opera process, but I'm looking like, girl, you got all these different <laughs> lengths and these different parts going on in your hair. What, what are you doing? Is it too late? Maybe I should just shave it now. Maybe I should just tell my husband, grab the y'all. You need to grab these clippers. This about to, this all is about to go, and I could just buy a wig from the beauty supply store. But again, once I stop comparing my journey and how they supposed to look and embrace the process and that's the key the process then I learned to love my locks in my journey and now it will be three years this year you know since I had my locks so I'm loving it now yeah I love that now there are so many layers to that that we could just pull apart but one thing that I wanted to do is connect the process of your locks to the beginning process of your yoga journey. So how has that been for you? Now, I love where I am. But initially, when I, you know, was accepted into the program, what was that January of 2020? Mm -hmm. Or no, I'm sorry, July of 2020. July 1st is when I received the email like you've been accepting this program. And um, I was nervous, but I was excited at the same time, you know, and that's what I'm learning too. Somebody taught me doing when I was going through a coaching process that it's okay to hold more than one emotion at the same time. Like when I was younger, I was taught either you're going to be sad or you're going to be happy, but you can be excited. You can be nervous. You can be sad. You can be frustrated at the same time. You can hold as many emotions as you need to and work through that process. So I was excited and I was nervous because i I've been to yoga studios, but as far as practicing on a regular basis, I had no idea what I was getting into. So like every month I was like, okay, you about to start July came. I was like, okay, hey, you got this. I would be on module one. Then the next month will come, I'll get up to module four. Then I'm like, I don't even remember what I read. I'm about to start over. So August will come, you know, again, I'm back on module one, two, three, four. I couldn't get past module four. It was this process. And then, you know, there's this group Facebook page. And I was feeling a certain type of way because people were like, look at me. I got my certificate. Uh, look at me. Oh, I'm doing the handstand. And I'm like, I'm still on module four. I can't get past module four. But then what was it like? When did I meet you? Like in September or mm -hmm. October? Like September. -September. It was mid-September. And you posted like anybody need help or somebody else posted, did anybody need help? So I, you, I don't like asking for help. I really don't. I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. So I was like, okay, I'm struggling. And then doo -doo 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 -doo, here comes Jen. She was like, I'll help. I'll be your accountability partner. And because of that, I was able to press through it again. Um, initially, that journey in the beginning, it was that process. It felt ugly. It felt uncomfortable because I didn't understand. You know, again, I wasn't 
I wasn't used to going to a yoga studio. I didn't know the principles and the foundations of yoga. I thought it was supposed to look a certain way. I thought the poses were supposed to look a certain way. But the more I learned about the foundations and the principles of yoga, I found out it's beautiful and it doesn't have to look like somebody else, you know, the way that they flow or the way that they move. You can make it how you want to make it. And I have developed a liking for chair yoga, you know, so that's my, that's my thing, you know, chair yoga. And, um, it really, really has helped me, you know, even when I'm at work, if I'm at my desk or even working from home, if I'm in the living room, I'll stop, I'll take a breath, inhale, exhale, remember to practice Santosha, which is contentment, being content in where you are in your journey, no matter if it's yoga, no matter if it's my locks, no matter if it was writing my book, I had to learn to be content during the process. Mm -hmm. You know why module four was hard for me specifically? That's where I think we start to practice Santosha and compassionate self-forgiveness. And so you have to comb through all of the things that are limiting your beliefs and mm -hmm. really forgive yourself and forgive everyone else around you. Now, when you are a street yogi, you know, like you don't know how to forgive sometimes. And we hold on to these pockets of emotion and we feel very deeply and passionately about these things and these some scars and the things that really hurt us. And we'd be like, nah, I ain't finna do that. And blah, 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 right. blah, blah. Well, really, you like, <laughs> if I just forgive myself and take accountability for the actions that all led up to this, it may not be my fault per se, but I forgive myself for reacting versus responding mm -hmm. or responding versus reacting. You know, like it's, we're running around here with these Libra scales. And right, right. when we're so yeah. used to reacting the ways that we're used to reacting, unlearning all of that stuff, can be difficult so we got stuck like hold on you got me really <laughs> you mean to tell me I gotta forgive for that but once you got out of that it was like all right and yeah. yoga is a practice so this is you have to continue to practice you don't just forgive yourself today and be like all right, right something gonna happen tomorrow you somebody gonna cut you off Right. in in traffic you will go off and then you got to forgive yourself for that like you just gotta <laughs> and we have to remember we are human you know mm -hmm. like and like you said compassion and self-forgiveness is like okay I practice compassion and self-forgiveness on Monday okay every day Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday 20, 30 times a day however you need to and a lot of times we live with this guilt and that was one, the first term that I learned when I opened up the module. And that was like the very first term that I learned was compassionate self-forgiveness. And I was like, oh, I'm on module four again, but guess what? It's okay. I forgive myself for starting <laughs> over, you know? So yeah, that is so true. And with every process, you have to be willing to start over. Embracing mm -hmm. the the failure or the fall of it 
helps the helps you appreciate whenever you get whatever it is that you're working towards Mm -hmm. so much more like um along my journey I fell forward a couple times like a few times it seemed like I'm every time I get up I'm failing forward but I'm not remaining in the stuck of falling you giggle at it (laughs) and you get back up I was teaching a class over the weekend and my students I'm so happy that I've cultivated this space where the students trust me enough to try these poses that I'm talking them into. Okay. Okay. So I'm talking one of my my students into um, a a bind on the extended side angle. And she she connected, but she failed. Okay. And she wasn't embarrassed. She just got up and got back into it. And I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. That is what I'm talking about. So Mm -hmm. when you have these points in the journey, kind of like when you started your life journey and you was like, "Mm -hmm, probably wasn't the best idea. (laughs) And then you are on module four again. And then something happens. Like you start to see that, that bud, that change when you go get a retwist, right? You find somebody that can hold you accountable to help you get over the hump. And then you get to module five, six, seven, eight, boom, you graduate, right? Right. How do you stay focused during um, the times when it gets like kind of dark? I know you say you don't like asking for help, but since you started asking for help, how have, how hard has it been for you to continue that practice? Because that is a practice. So again, just like practicing compassionate self-forgiveness every day you have to tell yourself every day it's okay if you need help um I don't know if it's because it feel like I'm a failure because I can't figure it out on my own or we've been told like you have to be this superwoman or superhero and that's not true it's okay to ask for help along the way and basically it was like this heaviness that was on my shoulders. But once you ask for help, it's like, oh, like, oh, I can breathe. I could, I could do this. I'm not alone. And once you figure out that you're not alone and you don't have to be alone, it just makes life so much easier. And it makes the process so much easier. And I'm starting to do that even with little projects. For example, I'm used to making every flyer for whatever, you know, and um, I'm learning like, you know what, you don't have to make every flyer. It's okay to spend that 20 or $25 or go to some freelance website and ask for you. Here I am spending three hours like, I don't like that font. I don't like that color. Let me choose this to let me check. I just spent three whole hours when I could have just found some kind of way in my budget and you asked for help and within like 24 hours somebody else composed or within 48 hours composed a flyer for me and I could work on something else and again it's like a relief that pressure is lifted off of me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I love what you said being able to ask for help offers you relief 
Mm-hmm. I was listening to this podcast called We Can Do Hard Things. And they had Lovey Ajayu Jones on oh, there. Yeah. And they were talking about this thing right here, what we're talking about. Okay. And um, Lovey was saying that she has a hard time asking for help because it feels like a release of control. Mm. So kind That's of to, yeah, like, That's so kind one. of to connect this back to um, the yoga and to your locks, right? In the beginning, you said, I, I didn't really know about three months and there was some uncertainty. And then with the yoga journey, you like, I can't get past, you mm. know, there's still some uncertainty. I Look wasn't you connecting these dots. You know, <laughs> girl, you <laughs> Look at you. Connect the dots. <laughs> I'm not gonna do this with you. She does this all the time. I don't know why she just don't carry my card. Like, because she knows she need to build me. Like, just, just take my card and just just send it to the insurance company like every once a week. Just you want my card? Like, for real, I'll just see a picture of it. And she always connecting the dots. I'm sorry, but yeah, don't connect the dots, girl. So, I'm not gonna do this with you. Okay. But go so, connect them dots. <laughs> so I'm hearing you talk about the uncertainty of the thing. Hold on, you threw me off. I was on a roll. You couldn't call me better. <laughs> I was sliding all over the roll. And then you threw but no, me it's off. like you said, losing control. But oh, okay. Yeah. So even when let's take this back to the yoga mat. Mm-hmm. Tree was your posture that you wanted to perfect yes and Mm -hmm. I know you're still working on it yes and I'm still working on it too because it's a balancing posture Mm -hmm. it's something you practice every day every day you're not gonna have the strongest truth um but what I was practicing is closing my eyes and and noticing how I sway and then worrying about how I fall I noticed Mm -hmm. that I was worrying about how I fall instead of embracing the fall and once I started to embrace the fall and let go of the uncertainty I started to have more fun because like either you gonna hurt yourself or you not Mm -hmm. (laughs) like either you gonna hurt yourself or you not you go you got to take a chance to figure out and um you have to release that control right right so because you're in the helping profession outside of this, you work as a social worker, correct? Correct. So because you're in the helping profession, you are so prone to like give, give, give. Yes. Yep. How do you receive or do you allow yourself <sighs> to receive? Um, I'm working. I'm really working on that because that is very difficult, even if like it's myself and my best friend in the car and we're going somewhere. She's like, I'm gonna give you $20 for gas. I'm like, no, you don't have to. She's like, just take this $20, you know, like I'm not used. I'm used to just giving all the time. It's very difficult. Even when I started my yoga chair series last year, like I know people were supposed to be paying me, but I felt like I had to give something. I was buying like one or two raffle gifts every week. You know, I was, I did four classes a month for like three months. And I was like, Shelly, you're not even making no money. You're spending more money on, but I felt like 
I didn't feel right if I wasn't giving something away. And then I had to learn like, girl, you are the gift. Like really, you don't have to always give and it's okay to receive, but I felt guilty. And I think the key word is something you stated earlier is like, I needed to be in control. And I felt like you said, I was losing control. So thank you for using that analogy. I think, see girl, get my car. Hold on, I'm about to go get my car, right? Hey. <laughs> Real. Yeah. We can thank Lovey and, and Glennon on wherever you are. Thank things. you both. Like, yes. thank you because they probably, that, y'all need my car? Ask them do they want my car too. <laughs> yeah. That yes, podcast, it, it brought up a lot of questions and it made me question myself because I was like, I do get in these moments where I find it hard for me to receive. And then I have to ask myself, like, why am I stopping? myself from receiving this love from my community from my family from people who genuinely want to help me and mm -hmm. why am I hardwired to say oh no I don't really need any help when I need some help like yeah I, there was there have been times where I can't get my nails and my toes done in the same week I got first world problems <laughs> and first world <laughs> like I got first world problem and it's only a problem because that's a part of my self-care routine and if I didn't make it a big part of my self-care routine it wouldn't be a problem and really it's not because I could do it myself but but sometimes yeah. I like to complain about it because it's it, I don't have any right. complaints um <laughs> right because if my nails were done my hands would be all in the camera like girl but see no they're not so I'm keeping you know, them like low <laughs> I got them like I got them filed down and they look nice, but that's not what we have. Okay, a whole another story. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what we came here to talk about. And um, I got sidetracked. Where were we? <laughs> no, but I understand what you mean as far as accepting or allowing people to bless you. Because I've had this conversation so many times. And again, people have to reiterate like, Shelly, it's okay, because when you stop people from, and this is what I learned, a lot of people told me this, like, when you don't allow people to bless you, you are blocking the other person's blessing, so, and I was like, wow, that is amazing, like, I really need to allow people to bless me when they want to bless me, and don't feel guilty about it, so in 2022, I am getting better at doing that, and we only, how many, I don't, we ain't been in the that many weeks yet so I'm still give me time but I yeah I'm, it's a process yeah, it's a process yeah it's a mm -hmm. process we're working on it like mm -hmm. recovering from you know I don't know what to say you're recovering from like not asking for help I don't I don't know you're working on it and on acknowledging it. the fact that you can do some more work in that area is the first step. And mm -hmm. I think we're all working on that here, especially if you're in the helping profession. Yeah. Um, not allowing people to love on us the way that we love on them is, right. is the fear of losing control. Mm -hmm. So in these moments, we have to surrender to the, the now of it. Because when we tell somebody, oh, we don't need your help, it's kind of like we blocking them from receiving the gifts that they may be supposedly receiving from helping us. And who knows what their spirit told, up, told them to do? 
Right. Like, you know what? Spirit told me to go ahead and do this for you. And you like, oh no, you don't got to give me $5.50 for my class. <laughs> you know, like, right. oh no, don't, you don't have to give me $5. Something could come up and you could be like, I could really use that $5.50. Right, right. So we have to allow ourselves to be loved. Now, with that, who do you allow to love you? Who do, who, that's, ah, who do I, that's a good question. Um, my family, but sometimes I give them a hard time too, because again, I feel like I need to be in control, you know, but I would say my family, my friends, close friends, yeah, the Holy Spirit, you know, good question. <laughs> good question. Good questions. Now, last question. And you probably gonna be like, Jen, why you gotta do me like this? <laughs> but it's just these, I be asking myself these same questions. They're not easy, but okay. Anyway, um I'm ready. Because you are a giver and you are in the helping profession, you give, give, give for a living. Who do you allow yourself to take from? Oh, it seemed like everybody because I was exhausted. And I, I have briefly mentioned this term in my book, which is savior complex, like I felt like I needed to save my community, save my family, save this person, save that person. So I was so busy allowing people to take from me, I was beginning to feel depleted. So I mentioned this term in the book too, that you have to learn how to pace yourself because mm -hmm. if you don't, you won't be good for yourself, your family, friends, anybody, but most definitely yourself. You have to take care of yourself first before you can take care of anybody. Even like um, during this yoga journey, I had to learn because at first, and I could say it was a little bit of fear too, but I had to learn how to like, okay, you get more comfortable in the practice and practice self-care, then you'll be able to give this gift or share this gift with others as well. So um that, that was a key for me because I, I think everybody was taken from me and, and it was because I was allowing them to. I was, yeah. Okay. I said, who do you take from? Because you give oh, to everybody. I, oh, yeah. Lord. Who See, do you I can't even answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> who do you take from? Like, who, who do, do you allow from? to be your charging station? Like, if you could go and recharge, plug in your charger and plug in to refill I, your energy where would you where where are you getting this energy from and I would say and this is difficult for me because again I don't like asking for help you know but once I learn how to put down that barrier I would say again like people that I'm really close to my family and close friends mm -hmm. you know I would say yeah Especially my mama. Every day I'm calling my mama. Yes. Mama. Mama. <laughs> yeah. Matter of fact, she called 
me today because she was like, I ain't heard from you because she knows she gonna hear from me every day, my mama. Yeah, <laughs> mama. <laughs> oh my gosh, Shelly. I love you. Thank you so much I love for- you too. And don't forget the Holy Spirit. Like, oh, like for real, I talk to him when I'm driving. I don't really talk to him like I used to in the car, but every morning, like people probably thought I was singing, but I was really talking to the Holy Spirit, like driving to work. Like, Lord, you know how it's going to happen today on this job. You know, as soon as I walk in, something going to happen. It's going to be a trauma. It's going to be something going on, but I love you. Thank you for everything you've done for me. Like for real, like he helped and he restores me and builds me. So prayer and meditation is very important to me as far as like um getting a recharge on a heavenly holy from the holy spirit but as far as on this earth like thank you for always listening to me as well you know so i appreciate your friendship i do not take it for granted but again um my family and and close friends like and the circle is really small and i used to be like i don't know that many people but i learned like you don't need a lot of people you know, you just need the important people and them, those important people are in my life. And when I allow them, you know, to help me, um, it's a beautiful feeling. Yeah. I mean, you can chrysalis, but once you out there um, into the world, like once you transform, you can't go back into your cocoon. So you out here right. and yeah. think of, the close people in your life as that landing pad, as that landing mm-hmm. pad. Um, I'm gonna share this because I feel like it's necessary. Uh, when I got married, I got married at the Toledo Zoo. Oh. And when I was getting dressed, there was like this room up at the top of the reptile exhibit that I got dressed in. A couple years ago, I went right before the panorama. I went to the zoo <laughs> and it is now a butterfly exhibit. Oh, wow. And it is so beautiful. And a lot has happened. I've transformed into a whole different version of myself and it is so fitting. And I'm so happy to have you here and that you shared your story. I'm very excited I'm glad about to your be here. book. I'm yeah. so happy to share. Tell us the name of your book again. The name of my book again is Caterpillar Dreams to Butterfly Visions. I'll let you guys know in the show notes how you can pre-order Butterfly Dreams to Caterpillar. I didn't say it all the way wrong. We gonna rewind that girl. It's Caterpillar Dreams. I hope I know how to edit that right because I always say it backwards. It might be the dyslexia. Um, <laughs> Caterpillar dreams to butterfly visions. To butterfly visions. I had to change my glasses right so I could see. <laughs> but <laughs> I'll let you all know how to pre-order that book. Shelly, how can the people find you? How can they find me? Oh, Lord, child. So they can find me on Heartful of Wellness, which is on Facebook and Instagram. They can also find me on um, this blog that I started. That's a whole nother show, girl. But that blog is a heart. Now, it's two. Heartful of Wellness does not have an A. So it's just Heartful of Wellness. And then there's the blog that I started to talk about, that I started to talk about the good in Detroit and just 
the journey in life. And that's called A Heart Full of Conversations. And that's on Instagram and uh, Facebook as well. And then I had a podcast, but I paused. And the podcast is Issues of Life, the podcast. So, yeah. I love that. I'll have all of that stuff for you in the show notes. Shelly's going to be mad at me because I'm going to have her type it. Right. Get it over to yes. me. Because that was a lot and I was not right. It's <laughs> fine. I got, like, I got some of the stuff, but um, okay. yeah, we're going to put that in the show notes so that you know how to get in touch with Shelly. And um, if you've been following for a while, you know how we end this. I am so so grateful to have you Shelly until next time y'all we are all bald headed under our hair so keep money your bald headed business namaste namaste I just want to thank Shelly again for coming on and agreeing to be a part of our bald headed community a couple of things that I wanted to kind of wrap up the show with is don't be afraid to step outside of your comfort zone. Last year, I took more risks and some of the risks were not the best risks to take, but I'm glad that I did it because if I didn't do it, I wouldn't have had the opportunities that I have today. So Take some chances and really step outside of your comfort zone. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And if you're going to fail or fall, fall forward, not backwards. Until next time, remember, we are all ball-headed under our hair. So keep minding your bald headed business. Namaste.